Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies. He's on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman, boys and girls. How we doing, guys? Feeling good. It's it's hot out there. The Rockies are hot out there. Scorching hot, but this I don't. Isn't this what we kind of love? We, we we all you know bitch and moan a little bit when we get here and it's sweltering hot and we're watching baseball and drinking a beer. But don't laugh like these aren't the. This isn't the life we we're Listen, you know what? It wasn't too long ago I was bitching that it was cold in in the booth every <laughs> night in in not only April, which you somewhat expect, but in May, late May, and I even think early June, we had some times where we had the heat on, uh, the the space heater under our feet. So. Um, this is welcome. I don't remember anything around 75 degrees. There really was no spring. It went from freezing to 99, 102, uh, but I'm good with it. It did. it. We, we had the Nuggets and Avs going into the playoffs, and they were knocked out rather abruptly. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're in the, we're in the middle of the dog days of summer, and it's, it's still springtime, but uh, it's, it's summertime. And, and baseball and the Rockies own the summer. And with the All-Star game coming to Denver, it really does feel like Coors Field is at the epicenter of, of all great uh, sports here in, in Denver right now. Well, the, the the nice thing about it, honestly, even though the overall record is not good and, and we know how dreadful it's been on the road, the Rockies suddenly are, dare I say it, a good team at home. They have one of the better home records in all of baseball. They're not number one, but, I mean, they're up there. They're 10 games over 500 at home. And there's a lot of inexplicable things that have taken place uh, this baseball season. It's one of the reasons the three of us love baseball so much. Every year uh, you see something different and some things that you go, wow, and make you pause. And probably collectively for Rockies fans, it makes you pause when you say, hey, they're actually pretty good at home and on the road awful right now. But, um, you know, coupled with the fact that uh, the, the All-Star game's coming, that unfortunately the Avs and, and Nuggets seasons uh, are now over, uh, you know, attention turns to baseball. And as opposed to just dismissing it because they're, they're, you'd say, well, they're terrible, they're actually playing entertaining quality baseball at home. They are. The weather's been Jekyll and Hyde, being too darn cold, and now it's too darn hot. The Rockies are – maybe the 62 Mets on the road and then the 69 Mets at home. So Je- Jekyll and Hyde, it's, it's so interesting. It, uh, it I, does make for some, some intriguing uh, dialogue and narratives. Yeah. And, and listen, the last four days, we're going to talk about this tonight on television in the open, the last four days, you know, they beat you Darvish. They beat Brandon Woodruff. I mean, they're beating good arms and they're beating good teams. I mean, San Diego, uh, I, I know he hasn't, uh, you know, talking about uh, um, Jace Tingler. No, the why am I doing a blank on the lefty from Tampa? I always do it. Yeah, uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell, thank you. I mean, I know he hasn't had a great year. He's actually been really good at Petco. He's been awful on the road, uh, but you know that's a big name. It's former Cy Young winner Brandon Woodruff in the Cy Young conversation this year. You Darvish has been as bad as good as anybody not named Jacob Degrom the last a uh, couple of years. So they're they're beating 
um, you know, some good teams and, and some good arms. Uh, so there's some legitimacy to what they're doing. Did Nelson Lamette throw him in there with the Lamette. Padres? Yeah. And, and then tonight they got Corbin Burns, who's a guy that's in contention to, to possibly even start for the National League in the All-Star game. And it's, yeah, it, it's been really interesting. I, I know Drew had a couple takes from, from last night's game because, you know, Brendan Woodruff has been – a top frontline starter, you know, kind of quietly. We hadn't realized last year should have been his, his breakout year to, to be an all-star. We know that didn't happen, but uh, it, it was good to see that, that five spot in the first inning from the Rockies. That was shocking because he's given nothing up on the road. He's given, he's given nothing up basically at home. The, the most anybody had scored against it was three runs, a whopping three runs all year. Uh, so to see what they did in the first inning, and he settled in little bit after that but that that at bat by crone was huge and then hampson follows it up with a home run the rockies added on a little bit later when it got you know i don't want to say sketchy but you know the disappointing inning from ben bowden so uh, they they they're 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 playing really good baseball by and large at home they're they're swinging the bats uh at home uh, the pitching, again, we've talked about this. I, I can't explain it. I, I know you guys can't explain it. No one can explain how they're starting rotation, which is the strength of the team. But at home, they have a three-something, and on the road, it's six-something. It makes no sense. Uh, but right now, we can just enjoy how they're playing at home. Well, and that's the other flip side, Goody. I was joking about this earlier in the year where Madison Baumgartner had some comments after a, a tough loss at Coors Field. And when these great pitchers, these undoubtedly great pitchers come in here and struggle, I said, you know, just once in one. And I get you're not going to do this maybe in your post game, but maybe the next day or the day after, you know, for them to say, but man, you know, Marquez, Gomber tossed in eight innings of shutout, three hit baseball in essentially the exact same environment the other night super hot game at Coors Field and you know to recognize again you could say oh okay maybe he shrugs that one and Brandon Woodruff can he can tell himself you know what I'm putting that in a Coors Field category and I'm going to move on with my life right but Armand Marquez is going to have to go back out there and do it again on a hot day knowing hey this might get out of control the bullpens had their struggles you know you can't just rely hey we've got this five-run lead whatever it may be and uh it's just like yeah so you as much as they might want to explain it away to themselves, hey, funky ballpark, I'm, I'm not going to do that too often. You've just got to give that extra tip of your cap when the other guys go out there in that same environment pitch incredibly well. Yeah, I mean, Herman, Herman, you know, still spraying the fastball a little bit. There were a few walks in there. But, you know, if, if he doesn't have some cramps, which is understandable with the heat we were discussing earlier, he's probably going to go at least seven, maybe eight. Gomber has been sensational. He's been, I don't want to get carried away with this. I know we're hosting the All-Star game. And I also recognize that the Rockies still are double digits under 500. So I'm not going hog wild here. The Rockies have a long way to go to be a, you know, a, a, a playoff caliber team right now. But they are playing well at home. You cannot deny that. And you can't deny the fact that Austin Gomber has pitched over you know, eight, nine starts at an all-star level. Yeah. That's that's a fact. He has an yeah. 095 ERA at Coors Field in five starts. Over his last seven starts, he has a 128. He struck out 41 and walked three. I mean, we're going to brag on Burns tonight. Uh, he, he has struck out 102 and walked 10, right? Well, 41 and three is, is a pretty 
crazy good ratio. Um, oh, my dog's my dog sees another dog and it's big, there's one big Austin Gomber fan. Big Gomber. Big Austin Gomber. We said it two weeks ago, Goody. We said it when you go, All right, are there going to be any other all stars besides Ryan McMahon? And we said Herman Marquez. And he was cruising. You know, he did have a, a bad start last go-around in Cincinnati. Um, again, rebounded really nicely on uh, a Thursday night. But we also threw in there Austin Gomer because we recognized he was he was really starting to heat up. And he's continued to be that good for the Rockies. And, again, you throw out all of those numbers. Any Anytime you can best uh, a Cy Young caliber season like Kyle Freeland did in 2018 where he had a sub three ERA at Coors Field and you go, hey, that's pretty darn good. And and Gomber's doing even better than that. It it kind of puts in perspective, you know, the year that that he's having. Uh he's still been good on the road, but just fantastic at Coors Field. Yeah, I, I think one of the things you mentioned that'll hurt Herman's potential candidacy is and, and historically he's done this as great as he's been when he has the quote-unquote subpar outing or bad outing, it's usually yeah. it's usually really ugly. You know, eight, seven, yeah. eight, nine runs, which is crazy to think with his talent level. And then he'll go run out four in a row where he gives up no more than one or two. Um, so you know the eight, the those kind of skew things, and and that's why his ERA that couple with you know you're pitching at, at altitude, you know, is is above four. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gomber will be, uh, I think, in the converse, uh, conversation and consideration. And it would be wonderful. The Rockies have to get one player. We understand that. It would be it would be really cool if they do get, you know, somehow get a couple of guys, um, so that so the fans uh, in attendance, uh, you know, have have more than one to cheer for, if you will. Last night, Marquez was probably average, and yet gave up one hit. Walked three guys, only struck out two, but it's pretty good to to throw six innings of a shutout ball where you give up one hit and you go, eh, like to see the control a little bit better. But you know what's you know what's interesting about that, fellas? He did only punch out two. And that's really unusual for Herman because of the yeah. slider curveball combination. We, we normally see a, a much higher strikeout rate. And you say, Oh, there must have been a bunch of atom balls. There weren't. They were, it reminded me of the old Brandon Webb, even though he doesn't throw a sinker or Senzo when he's on or Aaron Cook. There were so many mishit ground balls, not not sharply hit ground balls in an infielder. Wouldn't you agree, Drew? I mean, oh, yeah. chopped baseballs. I mean, they didn't really square him up much at all. So it wasn't like, well, he's only four, he's fortunate to give up one hit. I, I don't remember many loud outs. There was one, the one ball that kind of ate up McMahon a little bit, which was weird to see because he's been so good defensively. He got an in-between hop. I'm trying to remember who hit that ball. That, that, it was Yelich. That was Yelich. So, we, yeah, he hits the ball hard. I didn't look at the exit velocity. But other than that, I, yeah, it was mishit stuff. In fact, uh, it's something that Michaela Perkins put me onto earlier in the season that his ground ball rate has been way up this year uh and that's good because he hasn't been getting quite as many strikeouts he's found it at times here and there had a couple of those eight punch out games but i mean yeah when you can find that stuff like like patrick said like you've got to know to to be able to dive into those things i i feel like we saw a lot of old school again these are weird comps to make because they have totally different styles but jorge de la rosa who came out at coors saw the other guy was getting tagged and went okay I've got to make the best of my stuff out here. I've got to live on the edges. I can't let stuff go over the middle of the plate because it's going to get ahead out of the yard. 
We can't walk too many guys that we did give up some walks, but he, he tried, he lived on the edges knowing he didn't have his best stuff and got those weak swings, those weak outs. I'm going to throw early count breaking balls and, and stuff like that to get those swing over the tops guys trying to jump at fastballs, get themselves back in the game with a, a swing of the bat. And I just thought he pitched a very smart game, whereas a younger Marquez might have tried the 98-mile-an-hour fastball his way out of that, which in a game like that would have been, an, I think, a bad idea. So Yeah, well, a couple of thoughts on what you present. John Gray was on the podcast not too long ago, and we talked about – the Pedro, this is what you're describing, Drew. The Pedro Estacio uh, route at Coors Field at altitude, and that is, I'm just going to be one run better. Whatever I have to do to be one run better than than the opposition, that's what I'm going to do. I know I'm not going to win an ERA title, but I'm going I'm going to be tougher than the guy I'm facing. And and John Gray's adopted that. And you have a rotation full of guys that have adopted that. And and Herman, you know, he pitched his game. He's still early. He knows it's Coors Field. But he, he pitched to the scoreboard a little bit. And Ben Bowden, who came in, and this is not to knock Ben, he's a young pitcher who's trying to find his footing at the big league level. Um, but, you know, you're up 7 nothing. Pound the zone. And if you have an outing where, boy, two doubles, couple singles, and, and you get one out, and, and now it's 7-3, to three and, and Buddy's got to come get you because the ball got hit in the gap a couple times, that happens to every reliever. What can happen is, is you are supplying the ammunition in that you're just giving out free pass. And yeah. yeah, he's not going out there trying to walk guys. Um, and, and I know what you were talking about was more Herman, and I kind of led it to Ben Bowden. But you got to be, you have to be aware of the scoreboard, and you and you and you can't all, all of a sudden become a finesse pitcher when you have a seven nothing lead. For sure, and, and you know Marquez would have would have had probably a little bit more length in him, only threw eighty three pitches, but did. Uh, cramp up, uh, took that uh, line driver, that ground ball off of his, his left wrist and uh, don't really know any kind of correlation. It could be more coincidental that he, his lower left back was, was cramping up a little bit after the at-bat in the sixth inning. They're up 7 nothing at that point. And you go, yeah, you got to be precautious and take him out. But uh, otherwise, you, you would have seen him go a little bit longer in there. Yeah, I mean, I think he would have gotten 7 in, but you said it was 83 sure. pitches. He averages – uh, you know, 15 pitches an inning, you do the math, 98, right. boom, seven, strong, good deal. We'll eat up six outs. Um, you know, he, he'll be fine. I think every team errs on the side of caution with uh, with starting pitchers, uh, especially your your top-end starting pitchers. So um, it, it's also not a surprise, guys. We, I mean, it has been ridiculously hot yeah. you know, on the field. I got out of my car the other day at Coors Field. The car thermometer, maybe it was a little inflated, said 109. Now, yes. you know, my flakes didn't all of a sudden become Arizona plates. It still said Colorado, <laughs> but it was well over 100. And, you know, on the playing surface, that means it's probably a couple degrees more. That's hot, man. That's yeah. hot. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a turkey club guy, uh, turkey sandwich, you know, for lunch. I throw that thing right under the engine block, you know, just let it sit in the driveway. I got myself a press panini all of a sudden because it's it's yeah. been it's been a scorcher. 97 degrees. Again, even at these night games, first pitch, 97 degrees, four straight days in a row. It's unlike anything we've we've seen this time of the year in June. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and instead of that, uh, you know, raspberry vinaigrette, you use the oil vinaigrette, which is you know nice as well. Less calories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Less calories. My solution. I don't, I don't know the long range effects of that particular dressing, but uh, you'll certainly be a guinea pig for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's try that. 
pair that with my solution to the heat. Nice little Breckenridge brew, Breckenridge seltzer. Nice. Keep you nice and cool. Keep you refreshed. Be a perfect companion to the baseball game. It's what we do when it gets hot. We watch baseball and we drink beer. We got Breck brew, Breck seltzers. You can get 15 can samplers because 12 can samplers are for wimps. Get that tap pack, baby. Get, get that, that tap, tap pack. Tap pack, 15 can sampler of seltzer or Breck brew at your local King Supers. The liquor store or down at the dnvr where you can get a, a bar there's an extra word in there the dnvr bar where you get a much bigger one if you're a member of the dnvr family become one today at the dnvr.com subscribe so that you get access to all the written content plus discounts on hats and shirts and masks access to the discord channel where you can chat baseball with us 24 7 plus all the other sports your favorite movies and music and television and sites to go see and food to make anything and everything under the sun we're a big happy family here always chatting with each other and if you get that year-long subscription right now we'll, free, we'll hook you up with a free shirt from the dnvr locker like one that patrick's wearing or this walker hall of fame one that i'm wearing you can get either of those totally for free or a cbd stick well and not even or and both you get both of these things the cbd stick from our friends at holistic wellness check them out at h-o-l-i-s-t-i-k wellness Com. And last one for you, all this stuff, putting a big old smile on your face. My smile, all of our smiles, everyone's smile should be brought to you by our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver there in Lakewood. Absolutely fantastic. They're huge sports fans. They'll treat you like family. They'll talk ball with you. Always down. They know what's going on. So they, they make you nice and comfortable for your dentist appointment. They'll hook you up with the free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning, x-ray, and exam today. So do that at Green Mountain Dental Group today. Also, by the way, fellas, speaking of scorching hot and putting a big smile on all of our faces, Shohei Otani in the All-Star Game Home Run Derby has been confirmed. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's going to put on a show. Uh, Patrick, have you seen him take BP at Coors before? I'm can't, I can't remember if that's one of the ones you were there for or not. I think so. Yeah, I know he hit yeah. one up uh, in the party deck. Yeah, he absolutely decked one in, in batting practice. So he's going to put on a, a fantastic show. I'm I'm curious if if they're going to uh, have one of those Ford trucks out. I think in right center field. I was scoping it out yesterday uh, down on the field where they would have it kind of right uh, or off to the right of the batter's eye. Where you know if, if you hit the ball out here, it's got to be maybe 570. Uh, usually where Dinger. I think they they have a truck out there right now. Uh, I know Goody probably knows uh, what that is maybe a subaru but you hit a ball out there somebody wins a free truck and and if anyone's going to hit it that far i, I think it, it very well could be otani this summer yeah it's a it's a toyota truck that sits up there in left center field and uh, or left field it's not left center and if you hit that truck you um you're freakishly you're <laughs> bad speed that's yeah. gonna that's gonna be a blast and if you do you know if you're if you're got your wish list of guys you'd like to see participate because we're making a transition to this next wave of great young talented guys. And, you know, I'd like to see, you know, selfishly we're, we're Rockies folks, you know, Ryan McMahon has easy pop. Yeah. So you'd love to see Ryan McMahon in a home run derby. Yeah. Um, Get Mac in there. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor's done it, you know, so one, one of those two, but then Otani would, would be on everybody's checklist. Right. Ronald Acuna jr. No. Nope. Fernando Tatis yeah. Jr. 
Um, Juan Soto, another one of those young bucks, come up. Yeah, come you know, up. Juan Soto would be oh. certainly would be interesting. Who? Acuna Junior. Uh, yeah, I said Acuna Junior. We did, did we do? Okay. Unless he has a brother that you want to invite uh, as well. The other Acuna. Uh, um, the other, um, Vladimir Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Maybe even Bo Bichette. I wouldn't mind seeing Bo Bichette in there as well. I mean, he knows the stadium well. When he was 15 years old, I used to watch him hit balls into the seats. It's crazy. How great would that be? Yeah. That would be really cool, actually. A couple years ago, I ended up uh, speaking with uh, Kevin Biggio briefly just just to kind of get his take. He had just got called up, and he had some memories, but mostly through photos uh, of when his dad Craig Biggio was on the field during the Derby in '98, so you know he's gonna have a has a special place uh, in his heart for Coors Field. Not a big home run hitter guy, but hey, why not bring all the the, the children of those old players uh, from from '98? Bring them all back, man. Let's right. have a big old celebration. Yeah, I think yesterday was some I'm trying to remember it was some um, anniversary of. Oh, I know there was one. There was one yesterday. Where Aaron Boone had gotten activated off of the DL when it was still the DL, and to make a, a room for him, I don't know if you guys caught this. Was it with Cincinnati? So they they sent out Brett Boone. Oh, you can you imagine if Mrs. Boone? Oh man, um, it's like wait a wow. second, you sent my kid out. Oh well, you activated my other kid. I mean. Oh, it was well, like a, it's actually a win-win or win or win-loss, loss-win. Oh man! So yeah, that that's a pretty good field of. Uh, so you're allowed eight. I think that would be a pretty yeah. good ideal. Well, you probably want one of those freakish guys from New York, Judge or Stanton, sure. because or Pialonzo, any of those three. Pialonzo, maybe both, right? Because they're lar- they're larger than yeah. life. Yeah. Well, and Stanton, we know, has hit some monster shots at Coors Field in, in the past, back when he was with the Marlins. Yeah. You know, Stanton, it's interesting, ball flight. Stanton tends to hit line drives that go for 440 feet, and, and they have like a 16- or 18-degree launch angle. And Judge hits those majestic, you know, fly balls that go, you know, as far, but they're they're usually quite high as well, you know, like 32-degree launch angle. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be fun. I think it's going to be a good one, uh, and I'm going to tune out all of the, oh, my gosh, look how far the ball flies here. Stuff. I'm going to tune all that out. <laughs> I'm going to take it in good spirits for one weekend and just enjoy the show because I think they're going to put on a pretty good one. So. Yeah. Um, all right, back to a little bit of talk on the field. But before that, got to remind you about our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. You know them, you love them. They've helped you make a little bit of money or at least make some fantastic memories over the years betting on sports. You know, uh, I know the Nuggets and Abs are out of it. You can still be going with some playoff hockey and basketball if you feel like it. Lots of baseball going on, obviously. one of the uh, Baseball is one of the best sports to uh, bet on just some of the other random games that are going on too. If you, you just feel like certain players are hot, so that guy's going to hit you a home run tonight, going to win you some money, or a pitcher has been getting a lot of strikeouts lately. Maybe you take the over on that guy. So whatever you're betting on, over-unders on run totals, strikeouts, who's going to hit home runs, who's going to win the ball game, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits 
bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you will claim $1 or $1, $100 in free credits promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, since we're nice and early in the afternoon, we got a night game tonight. Corbin Burns against Antonio Cinzatella. Nice little pitcher's duel. You got a couple options there on DraftKings Sportsbook tonight. And my favorite and, and the easiest the easy pick of the day for my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is Trevor Story over a half of a hit. That's it. Not over one and a half. Does he get Just two hits get tonight? One. Does he get one hit oh. tonight? Yes. You, you're going to take that. You're it. going to take that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I also like Omar Navias to get under one and a half. For some reason, he's at one and a half. Trevor Story's at only a half. Uh, mainly because Senzatella definitely wants to cut down. Uh, his fellow Venezuelan in Omar Navaya. So you know those two guys uh, have some some nice friendly history with, with one another. So I don't think Navaya is, is, is going to have two tonight. But my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is an easy one. Trevor Story to get a hit. That's it. Minus 230 for that. Yeah, he's swinging the bat well. So, um, you know, I know it's he his season was interrupted by the, the stint on the injured list. Gosh knows, you know, what's going through his mind. He's, he's only human. So it's been a little bit of a tougher year. He hasn't put up the numbers yet that, that we all are accustomed to seeing, but last several days, there's been more walks. There's been, you know, some balls hit hard the other way. Uh, I think Trevor's getting himself in a good place. I think also it, it eases things with the club winning and playing well. We just want to be part of things. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I like Trevor to have a hit tonight. Come on. Yeah. I like that. All right. I'm going to have to take off before too long and let you guys finish out the conversation. But I did want to get to this great question here from Efren in the uh, comments on YouTube. Again, make sure you're following us on YouTube so you can take part in the conversation. It says, guys, I know nobody's into silver linings. Wouldn't the season, though, be considered successful if you're able to pinpoint which guys are your next cornerstones for the five years, for the next five years? And he gives examples of how in 2014, 17 of finding Nolan and DJ and Chuck through those bad seasons. And, you know, I think that's something we've all talked about that, yeah, this is kind of what this year is, is really mostly been about. So to even add to his question, you know, now that we've got a few more weeks of, of sample size here, some of these guys have gotten hot. Um, is that, you know, it's with all the weird sequencing we've talked about, at the, they're so much better at home, obviously, than, out on the road, it can be difficult to pinpoint who's got what. Do, but do we feel like we're getting a much better sense that we are learning? I guess that's the question, right? Are we learning? Absolutely. About- yeah. I think so. Absolutely, you're learning. And, you know, not everything you learn, you're going to say, okay, well, we learned that maybe so and so is not an everyday guy. Or maybe you learn that you know, so-and-so may not be a, a part ultimately of the of, of a super winning equation, but you may also learn that I'll, gi- I'll give you one. And I talk about this on my podcast um, that just came out. I, I remember it just came out yesterday. Uh, part two with Clint Hurdle. We talk a lot about, you know, avalanche and, and nuggets and, and the term choking, which I hate. Yeah. Um, but I, I talked about two guys in particular. I talked about Austin Gomber. And I talked about Rymel Tapia, and and in the interest of full disclosure, I, my first 
few seasons looking at at Tapia, as we all have, I thought plays hard, you know, swings at a lot of things, you know, good bat to ball skills, really more of a singles guy and probably a fourth outfielder type. He's growing on me. And, and, and that's the thing. You never, ever want to count somebody out. You never want to provide a ceiling for someone. I know in scouting you have to do that. You have to project. Uh, but Tapia Tapia is a guy that just keeps finding a way to beat you. And it's taking an extra base. It's the tremendous bat-to-ball skills in, in, a, in a league where we're all crying for ball in play. That guy puts the ball in play against good pitching. Yeah. He helps win games. Yeah. If you had eight of those guys, yeah, maybe you wouldn't lead the league in home runs or come close to it, but it'd be pre- pretty entertaining. So <laughs> I look at that as a positive. I, I know it's yeah. less than half of a season, and, and I and I don't want to, you know, have a referendum on the trade, which was disappointing in every corner. You know, with, with Nolan going to St. Louis, and that will always be disappointing. We understand that. But guess what? Austin Gomber looks like a pretty good piece coming back right now. And, and hopefully that continues. And you have every reason to believe it'll continue. I'm not suggesting he's going to pitch to an 095 home earned run average over a full season. Of course he's not. But that looks like a piece. Garrett Hampson, I think, you know, is getting better, Patrick. So you're seeing some things. And, and it's been on display more frequently, naturally at home, where if, you, if you're an opposing manager going in to Coors Field right now, you're going, hey, fellas, you know what? I know their road record sucks, but the, and Coors Field's Coors Field. But you know what? They pitch there. They play good defense. There's a pretty good team you're going to line up and play at Coors Field. Forget the record. But at 20th and Blake, this is legit. You can't just you know throw the, uh, the glove out on the field and think you're going to take two or three. Yeah, absolutely. The Rockies need to be respected at, at home. And I, I think, in, again, anytime a team goes into Coors Field, there are those challenges. And, and I, I've gone in the, the visiting clubhouse and asked players, like, All right, what have you heard about playing at Coors Field? And it's typically, you know, drink a lot of water and it's going to get a little crazy out there. If you're a pitcher, just kind of hang in there. And in a couple days' time, you know, you'll be, you'll be gone and you'll, you'll be on to, to sea level and you won't, you won't have to deal with, with a lot of the craziness. But when it comes to wins and losses, now you, you definitively have to be a lot more cautious because the Rockies are a threat. Um, after last night's victory, I think that was their, their 24th at home. That was tied for second most wins uh, at home by a National League club. Uh, and I know at one point uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, before this, this most recent series against the Padres, you know, they had held their own against teams with winning records. I, I think there was something like eight and nine maybe uh, against teams with winning records. And then they were dominating the teams that were under 500. And then here we go. They, they got a four-game winning streak uh, with a three-game sweep against the Padres. They just you know made, made the Brewers look pretty silly uh, for a team that was tied for first place in the NL Central. And you say, okay, yeah, you, you really um, can't take three days off or four days off when you come to Denver because that team – is, is coming to play, and, and they will get the best of you uh, if, if your guard is down because the Rockies are, you know, they're, they're a playoff-caliber team at home. And, again, that's only half the season, unfortunately. But, but you're right. Uh, any team can be beaten by the Rockies right now at Coors Field. I would love if the Dodgers were coming to town. That would be an gr- interesting litmus test. I don't know what it would tell us, 
Uh, I don't know what it would tell us if they beat the Dodgers three out of four necessarily at home, but you wouldn't be shocked at this point that, that this club that's, you know, scrapping a little bit and, and is an under 500 club and is trying to find its identity. If it went out and, and somewhat handily beat uh, the Dodgers or someone like the, the first place San Francisco Giants three out of four games because the mojo is just working for them right now uh, at 20th and Blake. Yeah, I mean, they have they have a confidence level. And this is not, you know, again, it, it's not a huge sample size, but it's not a, a minuscule sample size. They've won 14 out of 18 at home. They have gotten better. Um, I think anybody that watches them on a regular basis can say, you know what, this is a better baseball team now at home than they were early on. Much better baseball team. You'd like to see it translate a little bit more on the road. We know that that's, you know, a, a different animal. But this is a confident team at home. This is a team that, that you know, believes in itself, that that are having, you know, having fun. We've gotten to be around the guys a little bit more this week because of uh, the lifting of some of the restrictions. Uh, they're enjoying themselves, and they're believing in one another. And you can see it. It's palpable through your television screen when you see guys, you know, after they score a run and how – upbeat the the dugout is uh, they're enjoying playing the game and, and they believe me they're gonna take the field tonight even though they're going against corbin burns they're gonna work we're, we're gonna go beat corbin burns uh tonight it, it's fun to watch it's fun to see the growth even the, even a guy when we were talking about some of the individuals you know is daza an everyday guy no but he's better than i thought he was he knows who he is i keep saying that on the on television he goes the other way really well he has good bat to ball skills he, he is not a flyer in terms of running speed, but he's a very good outfielder. He has a plus throwing arm. Uh, you look at how Tampa wins. You look at how Oakland wins. They have guys you may not be as familiar with. Uh, the names may not be as sexy, but they provide um, winning elements. And I'm seeing winning elements from guys that may not be a 150-game guy. I don't know if Daz is a guy you want to run out there for 150 games but he can be a, a winning contributor. And, and so those are the things, going back to the original question, Patrick, those are the things that you're learning about the 2021 version of the Rockies, which hopefully in the not-too-distant future, you can put enough of those guys and some others together where you go, okay, let's get back to 17 and 18 where they can legitimately contend. Yeah, that, that's an interesting two words to, to describe a lot of these young guys are inexperienced players is, is having winning elements, right? Because Toppy is, is one of those guys too, where again, lo and behold, you look at his numbers and maybe you want more pop out of him. And uh, there's, there's other maybe more desirable features that players around the league might have more than, than some of these guys. But bottom line is you're seeing all of these winning elements. And like any clubhouse, you know, it's, it's an us against the world type mentality. Uh, and, and the Rockies obviously experienced that this offseason. But the, the us part is, is particularly interesting with, with this group of guys because they've been with the organization. You know, so many of them have been drafted and developed and have, you know, gone through the minors, you know, you know riding those buses in, in Lancaster and in Asheville and uh, going around the, the Northeast uh, with, with Hartford and uh, struggling through uh, those, those trips in Pacific Coast League with Albuquerque. And, and now they're here and trying to establish themselves. So it's, it is an us against the world and, and like you said you're you're seeing that celebration and that joy like hey it's it's coming together for us we we can do this uh with with those little winning elements that we put together remember a couple of years ago patrick and that's a rhetorical question because of course you do with 
with Cargo, who is now, you know, more later in his career, wasn't quite the same guy. And Gerardo Parra, who was a role player with the Rockies. But there was a palpable energy that they brought. There was an infectious, infectious enthusiasm that, that we brought, not only on the field, but in the clubhouse, in the dugout. And though the two aforementioned guys, Tapia and Daza, don't have the resumes, you know, yet, or probably will ever, certainly have a cargo. And Parra was a good player for a long time. However, the comparison that I'm drawing here is they play the game hard, not, not suggesting other guys don't. They play the game with great enthusiasm, great energy. And I think that that rubs off uh, on other guys. And they also have really good bat-to-ball skills. So their strikeout rate is lower than league average, certainly with Tapia, Daza uh, somewhat as well. And um, you can see them being contributors. And um, that's what you're looking for. That's, that, that's one of the things you're looking for uh, going forward, pieces, um, who, who can be part of a winning environment and right now at home the Rockies have a winning environment and those two guys you know have really stepped forward obviously most prominently uh Rymel. and as you touched upon you know this idea of, of veterans being leaders right and and in par of course um you know wasn't a lifetime Rocky but you know he was there for for three years cargo of course uh coming through the organization after the the Matt Holiday trade but guys like CJ Crone and, and Matt Adams who uh we expect to come off the I.L. Uh, at some point, and and some of the older guys uh, in the bullpen are more experienced guys like a, a Robert Stevenson and and Michael Givens. Like they they have that value, where you know they're not really blocking anybody right now in, in in the minor leagues, but in the clubhouse they're providing that veteran leadership. Uh, they've been around the block and they can impart a lot of that wisdom and excitement. You especially saw it in C.J. Crone yesterday with the grand slam, and he continues to do it. Uh, you know, he gets he gets hot and cold, uh, but at the end of the day, he's showing these young guys like, yeah, stick to your stick to your game. Uh, take those cuts. And he, he didn't change anything major. He said in the post game, you know, with with his swing, really didn't do any tinkering. It's just a matter of, of being patient and saying, yeah, baseball's a baseball's a hard game. Uh, but if 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 you continue to do what that's made you successful so far and and work with your coaches, your, your luck's going to turn out, uh, you know, it's the law of averages and, and it's been, it's been working out in that way for a lot of those veteran guys. Uh, every team and even the Rockies who strive to be and need to be, you know, a, a homegrown type of, uh, of team. But so what does that mean? That doesn't mean you're going to have 25 or 26 guys that all were raised Rockies. You look at the best Rockies teams yeah, uh, there's been a nucleus, especially from a pitching standpoint, given altitude, you're going to have to more or less grow your own. Um, but you can use um, young players to maybe make a deal and, and and get someone back who becomes a foundational piece. That's still part of, a, I, I think, a homegrown environment. I mean, you look at some of the greatest Rockies. You know, Larry Walker came from Montreal, was a free agent. We understand that. Carlos Gonzalez was traded by an all-time Rocky, Matt Holiday. Houston Street, who was such a huge contributor, you know, in, in 09 and, and unfortunately in 2010, he had the blown save, but he was a big, big part of, of the success of the Rockies that he came as, as part of that deal. Gerardo Parra came from another organization. So going back to Crone, you know, I don't, I don't 
think Crone's going to be here, you know, three years from now. But can he be one of those veteran guys who has a presence and, and be a contributor? Absolutely. And he is a leader in that clubhouse. From what I understand, he keeps things really light. He's got a, a, a funny side to him. Um, so that that is part of building an identity, building a culture, even if not every guy is ultimately part of the culture that you hope is, you know, contending for the postseason again and, and doing some damage in the postseason. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, with, with Ian Desmond when, you know, there are a lot of guys in this that clubhouse right now that, you know, owe a lot to to Ian and just the way he went about his business as a leader and um, just kind of, you know, helping run the clubhouse in, in, in various ways and how, again, we, we've got all these beautiful metrics to try to figure out, you know, how good a player is and try to project, you know, what they're going to be like as they get older and or if they're going to devolve their skills over time and whatnot. But that's the one thing that, you know, we'll never really know. And it's, it's something that only the coaches and the players in the clubhouse and, and, and maybe even to a lesser degree, sometimes the front office um, will only really be able to evaluate and figure out is, you know, what are the guys doing behind the scenes? What are they providing off the field as well? And, and as you said, yes, yeah, CJ Crone is one of those guys that's providing that, that assistance and, and contributing to wins off the field for the Rockies right now at home. Yeah, and that's that's how team comes about. Uh, even teams that that win it all, the Dodgers. There's there you're always gonna uh, there's gonna be natural tinkering with the roster, and there's gonna be a natural evolution because there's gonna be free agents. There's gonna be um, you know guys that that move on for various reasons, um, and, and then there are guys that that are gonna have a role. Listen, the Nationals. Speaking of Gerardo Parra, the Nationals won it all in 2018. And Gerardo Parra was a huge part of that. He wasn't there the next year. It was 2018, by the way, or 2019? 2019. 2019, I'm sorry. So uh, that's right, 2019. So he wasn't there the next year. But if you're a Nats fan, or even if you're uh, you know, a fan of baseball and you watch that postseason and you listen to the narrative of how the Nationals turned their season around when they were 19 and 31, Gerardo Parra was uh, one of the protagonists in that. And yet the next year... He wasn't with the Nationals any longer. And that is, you know, part of how baseball works, part of how any team works. And, you know, Tampa, I'm sure, is not going to have the same 53-man roster in football as they as they did last uh, autumn into the into the winter when they won a Super Bowl. That's that's part of it. Um, but you have to have the right guys that are contributing, even if it's only for a year or two. And, and and Crone seems like that. And you may look back and say, yeah, Rockies weren't very good in this period of time. But, you know, C.J. Crone was a nice piece and had a, a say in where the Rockies ultimately got to because behind the scenes he influenced, you know, a Daza or a Hampson or, a, or even a Ryan McMahon, who's still a relatively young player. Final thought is uh, bullpen. What, what have your thoughts been with the bullpen at home? I know, you know, last night uh, with uh, Ben Bowden walking the bases loaded. Again, overall, outside of that, you know, occurrence, and uh, Almonte did give up a, a big hit to Fisher right after. But overall, again, you've got four victories in, in as many days for the Rockies, and, and the bullpen, you know, was able to chip in there. I know Estevez blew the save, but they ended up winning at the bottom of the ninth because Bard wasn't available. Uh, on, on that Wednesday afternoon game, what is what has been your take on 
on this bullpen of, of where they're at right now at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean, thumbnail sketches, we all we understand if there's eight or nine guys down there, you're never going to have all of them in a good place all at once. Even with the Padre bullpen that just left, it's been the best in baseball throughout the year. You're going to have a couple guys just like, just like hitters. You're going to be a couple guys that are in a slump, but you hope that the majority are throwing the ball well. Uh, the Rockies bullpen overall – when you move forward and say, okay, when they're a contending team, they they have to they have to be better down there. Um, there are some guys who are certainly performing better than they did earlier. Daniel Bard is one, and is maybe the most important element because you're asking him to get the final three outs when you're ahead. I think Daniel Bard has, has done a you know a much better job than uh, I, I thought he threw the ball well early. The results weren't there. Uh, Michael Givens, who right now is on the injured list, you know, he had been throwing the ball well. Tyler Kinley throwing the ball really well lately. Uh, Carlos Estevez, who just was, you know, lost last year and lost, honestly, in spring training. Uh, I know, as you mentioned, he blew the save the other day, but he's been much better uh, during the season. Those are positives. You want to get Almonte back online. He was so good uh, a year ago. The two young left-handers. Uh, Lucas Gilbert's intriguing. He's a mid-90s guy uh, beyond the fact that he's a local guy. Um, you know, Ben Bowden be the first guy to stand up and go, hey, I have to be better. I can't walk guys. Um, so, you know, overall, I think they've taken a step forward and it's been part of the success at home. So you, so you collectively have to uh, give them a thumbs up. Um, but overall, when you're talking about a team that eventually aspires to be a 90 plus win team again, that bullpen will continue, you know, will have to grow. Um, and, and we all know that the bullpens, Patrick, they're fluid. And one good year, one bad year, one good year, one bad year, individually and ultimately collectively. Bullpens are typically easier to, to get a fix than going, all right, well, we're missing three, you know, we're, we don't have a three-hole hitter, a four-hole hitter, or a six-hole hitter. You know, those are a little more difficult to to solve in terms of problems than than a bullpen. But I think they pitched better, and I think, um, you know, it starts at the back end, you know, being better there with the, the aforementioned guys. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of young pieces, you know, going forward. Uh, and, and as you said, you know, you, you can kind of pick a reliever up off the scrap heap, get get lightning in a bottle if you need to. But for the most part, I, I think, you know, I, I thought this bullpen was going to be a little bit better uh, than they, they've been so far. And I, I think, again, if you throw out a couple appearances here and there or maybe some of the young guys who uh, have been, you know, in an, an unfortunate spot, so to speak, and just kind of haven't been getting it done, I, I think they've been – you know, all right with, with all things considered. And, and you still think there's a lot of upside left in a, a Yancy Almonte. And as you said, with Gilbert, who, you know, he was a starting pitcher all throughout the minor league. So his last full, you know, regular season in 2019, you know, he, he began as a starter. So he's still kind of learning that role a little bit uh, coming out of the bullpen. We know Estevez has, has closed in the past. Stevenson has had those flashes. So, um, there's definitely some promise and say, yeah, maybe one or two of those guys, Jordan Sheffield, before he got hurt, even, yeah. you know, you look and you say, okay, there's a lot of promise to say in the next couple of years, some of these guys could uh, certainly still be around, even given the, the fluid situation of bullpens. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Stevenson. He's got a great arm. Um, and, and you want to see him, you know, get in more high leverage situations and, and, and learn to handle those situations. But the arm talent is certainly there and, and Sheffield, um, was really one of the more impressive guys early, given the fact uh, you know how young he was. Rule five guy, um, one of the better stories in the first couple of months, and now um, 
you know, it's going to be a while for him. So we'll, we'll see, you know, down the road when he returns, but uh, hopefully he can pick up eventually where he left off. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we just mentioned about, you know, catching lightning in a bottle, the Rockies have actually been able to do that the last couple of years. You go back to 2018 and Harrison Musgrave got some big outs uh, down the stretch. Uh, 2019, Tim Melville, 2020, Daniel Bard, and, and beginning of this year, Jordan Sheffield. So you can find those guys. You can find those relievers who can, uh, or even spot stars who can kind of jump in and fill a role and, and, and create some, some good stories and excitement for the team. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Every year you're going to have to have some stories uh, from unlikely sources. Excellent. Well, uh, it's not an unlikely source for the Drew Goodman podcast to be excellent. Yeah, you got the part two conversation with Clint Hurdle this week. So that's a, a fantastic continuation. If you didn't listen to part one, you can go back and listen to that as well. Make sure you're subscribing to that. Uh, I, I do want a sneak peek for next week, but I, I know you're not going to give it to us. So I think right. you got to subscribe. Yeah, you got to subscribe. And the reason you can't get a sneak peek is because I don't know what the sneak peek <laughs> is yet. We'll see. We'll see what uh, stories interest, uh, you know, pique my interest uh, this year, uh, this week. And and uh, as for a guest, I'm not sure yet. So uh, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. I didn't want to totally tear down the fourth wall there, but but it, but it does let people know, like, hey, you know, you're you're not lining this up too far in advance, like you said. Yeah. Whatever the hot story is, whatever's going on, you you definitely keep it current. Uh, yeah, I tried, I, mean, I tried to. I tried to. I was gonna, I, you know. Gonna go back to some guy from the '40s, but um, you know they're harder to find. Absolutely. You can see if you get Eddie Robinson. He's got a podcast. He, I think he. I think he did turn 100. He's the oldest living ball player right now, uh, in uh, still alive, uh, and he even has a podcast. Check it out, Eddie Robinson. Maybe uh, episode 102. We'll see uh, on the Drew Goodman podcast. But definitely make sure you're uh, subscribing to that. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you. Uh, like, share, and subscribe here uh, on the video. Subscribe to the DNVR Rockies podcast. Make sure you're following all of us at Patrick D. Lyons, uh, my partner at Drew Creaseman, and at Drew Goodman 42. Did I get that right? Yeah, at Drew Goodman 42. At Drew Goodman 42. Uh, make sure you're doing that. And thank you again for following along with us. And for Patrick D. Lyons, Drew Creaseman. Drew Goodman, we will see you at the ballpark. Thanks, Patrick.